Hey, I'm Stevie. What's up? I'm Monty J. And you're listening to the Bookshelf Boyfriends Podcast. Where we take a deep dive with your favorite contemporary romance authors. Asking them questions about everything from their writing process to their reading habits, plus so much more. Join us as we help you find your next Bookshelf Boyfriend. What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. I'm eating a quesadilla. No, I'm not. I'm eating a fajita. It's a lie. Um, hope everybody's having a lovely Monday. I know the start of the week is always the hardest, but if you thought about it, if there were no Mondays, then Tuesday would be the new Monday. And so basically, it's really not even a Monday problem. It's the beginning of the week problem. So I vouch that we all come together and stop hating Mondays and think of it as like, it's like the restart button. It's like, oh my God, another count day to Friday, countdown day to Friday. And I think that that's what makes it exciting. So let's be excited about this Monday and be productive and do something. I don't know, unless it's a no bones day. Then just hang out in the bedroom. So yeah, that's my little, that's my little spew today. Um, I have really nothing book world related. Um, actually, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. If you like dark romance, Romeo and Juliet retellings, go check out. I fucking forgot the name. Go check out Just Like Heaven and Sitting Like Hell by Trilly Napucci. It's a, it's like a Romeo and Juliet duet. It's phenomenal. Chef kisses. Go check it out immediately. That's all I have to say. Other than that, I'm writing. So y'all know how that goes for me. I am. Um, if anybody likes holiday romance, Alexis Winter just released A Very Bossy Christmas today. It is a fabulous, really short read. Steamy. I mean, I would be very happy with it, Damon, under my Christmas tree. <laughs> like, hardcore. Give them to me. Um, he is a beautiful, beautiful man. The cover is perfect for this book. Um, I also just read Sealed by Laura Pavlov. Anybody who has not read that series, Her Willow Springs, go read it because it is amazing. Book five comes out in January. Um, Also, in two weeks, her fourth book in the G.D. Taylor series with Willow Astor is coming out. Don't cry over spilled milk. Mm -hmm. Freaking phenomenal. She sent me the arc. I... mm, Love her to death. She's the best. Um, what else? Oh, um, hold on. Piper Rain just released My Sister's 40 Friend. That's out now. It's book four in the Green Family. And mm-hmm. tomorrow, well, this will already be out when you guys are hearing this. I forgot what day it came out. Um Kaylee Ryan's releasing book two in her baseball series which originally was not a baseball series it is um beyond the bases follow-up with the next gen so paisley from beyond the bases is getting her own story which it's about freaking time i've been dying for this book and it comes out at midnight and i downloaded it already and i'm waiting for it to deliver to my kindle so i can read it i go now that's okay, awesome. and one last thing. One last thing. Candy Steiner, Harlow Ray, KK Allen, and Tim oh yeah, that's another one. 
doing a standalone, an interconnected standalone medical romance novels that will have you panting, fake, faking an injury for medical attention and begging for more. You have December 6th, which is Washed Up by Candy Siner. It's an anesthesiologist, older woman slash younger man, son's best friend. Yes, I was like, girl. girl. I was like, sign me up. December 13th, Screwed Up by Harlow Ray. Hospital security guard, opposites attracts, attract, no strings attached arrangement. December 20th, Fired Up by K.K. Allen, firefighter slash EMT. Single parent, parent, workplace. December 27th, Tangled hey, Up. Hey. Before you go further, that is a photographer and a firefighter calendar book. Oh, yeah. Okay, my bad. I can't wait for that. I know, right? (laughs) December 27th, Tangled Up by Tia Louise, Smoldering Internist, Second Chance, Spicy Romantic Suspense. And this is called the uh, Bayside Heroes, and I'm super excited about it. It's going to be epic. So definitely go check that out. Um, I'm pretty sure they're all up for pre-order. But uh, definitely check it out. I believe they are. And if you haven't, go listen to their episodes. They have all been on here. Yeah. And the fact all four of them. And we might just have to figure out how to bring them all four back. Exactly. To talk about. Maybe we can bring them all back at one time. Maybe we could do like a little live session, something like that. Huh. I got this, girls. I got this. Stevie's got this because Al, you know, you know, good and damn well, MJ ain't got nothing to do with that schedule. So, <laughs> but we are going to, to build December with. <laughs> but we are going to um, pop on over and uh, talk to our special guest today, which is going to be JJ Grice, and uh, we're super excited to chat with her. So head on over there, and we'll be chatting in three, two, one. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. JJ Grice, welcome, welcome. Hi! We are super excited to have you. Not only are you a friend outside of the podcast, Stevie PAs for you. Yes, my boss. (laughs) Actually, both of you are, so that's probably a problem. Welcome to the the, uh, Stevie is my PA club. Um, I love you guys now. We need to make a club. We need to make a face group. Right? Have some shirts. Have some shirts made. Well, we need to do. We literally <laughs> need to do a Facebook group. That way, if we need something from Stevie, we could just be like, "Yo, has Stevie done y'all shit yet? Cause she ain't hit mine up yet." I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm joking. But yeah, no. Already, this bitch already calls me at. Two o'clock. She video like what? What did you do last night? What is that for me at two Three. o'clock in the morning? Three, Three <laughs> o'clock in the morning with some grand idea because she finally plotted out her next series. Which I don't. Don't know. pretend like you're not awake, Stevie, because it'll be like midnight my time, and you'll be videoing me or uh, voice messaging me, and I'm like, it's she two o'clock. Like, go to bed. She was like, "Are you awake?" And I'm like, uh, "Barely. I just took a shit ton of Unisum." <laughs> no joke and and then i see her on facebook like she's literally on facebook the night before that at four o'clock in the morning she's like this insomnia is to get my ass anybody awake After, like, I woke her up. <laughs> anyways um we are super excited to chat with you we're gonna kick things off with a little trope association game um so basically hey. this game is you are going to i'm gonna say a trope and you're gonna think of the first book that comes to mind for that, that cannot be it, your own and it can't okay be. okay so as we all right are we ready 
Ready. All right. Trope number uno. Enemies to lovers. Oh, um, something like, like Hey by Harlow Ray because I'm reading it right now. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Boom. Perfect. I love that book. <laughs> I haven't got there yet, but I'm just reading it. There's a reason why I requested the second one. It's Surprise Baby. Oh, shoot. I don't read a lot of Surprise Baby. Yes, but there is one book that you just told me to read the other day. There is? Don't read Baby. We talk about books all the time. Um, what did I say? Oh, you know what? No. Um, the Lucky One by Sylvie Stewart is my favorite surprise baby. Okay. I was thinking because you told me to read Morning Wood by um, Heather. Oh, well, yeah. Um, Morning Wood is great by, by Heather. Yes. Morning Wood is really good, too. Um, Sylvie Stewart is one of my favorite rom-com authors, though, and she has The Lucky One, and it's so... The surprise baby is such a random trope within the series. Uh, I love it. All right. I literally it. don't read Surprise Baby, so I don't know what that book is, but it's okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one is Sports Rome. Oh, my God. You, you tethered these really well for us, didn't you? Sports <laughs> Romance. Okay. Um, so the first ones that come to mind are Pucked mm. by Helen the Hunting. I, I have yours... MJ, I have not read them yet. Fine, you don't have to. I am going to. I am going to because I love hockey romance. I love hockey. But those are the first ones that come to my mind if we're talking sports romance is pucked because they're super out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for that. Um, I love love sports romance. I think the first one that comes to mind for me, honestly, because it was so, like, in, engraved in my brain is either Sinbin by um, fucking I uh, just Maria Lewis or Puck You by Odetta Stone. Oh, yeah. I love both of those. All right, so you're up. Small Town Romance. Oh, shoot. I did this on purpose because she has a small town series. You're like, not your own. Um, uh oh gosh i'm bad at this game um you know what the the my gosh harlow harlow race series the with um um oh my gosh i just drew a blank guys with trey and raven i can't think of what it's called don't ask me bro Oh my gosh. I know what series we're talking about. I don't know the name of the series. I am I can't think of the name of the series either, but But she does have Silo uh, Springs, which is Garner and uh Breaker. That one's really good too, but I absolutely loved um Oh, it's um oh my gosh, Gent, Miss and Last. Last. Oh, okay. Um, I can't think of the name of the series, but those are probably, those are the first books by her I read, and I love them. I love Jen. Trey's my book boyfriend. We all One know that Grady is my book boyfriend, and nobody is stealing him from me. I have a sticker yeah. on my laptop that says Grady's girl on it. I mean, you, you can have, I like Grady, don't get me wrong, but Trey, I love Trey. Grady Bowen is everything. I love that <laughs> book. I really, really adored that book. Um, the... Uh, oh my gosh, why can't I even think of the name of it now? Breaker. Breaker. 
Yeah. I keep wanting to say loner, and I think it's because she's posted a lot of loner TikToks lately. Yeah, yeah. loner. So <laughs> the um, third book in that series. Yeah. 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 Of the it's not even a series because she basically doesn't sort them into series. She says that they're mm-hmm. all in, like interconnected. Yeah. All right. So our really. last trope is dark romance. Oh, okay. So. I will go with Willow Winters. She's my queen. Um, her also uh, my queen too. She blushes really easily. <laughs> her highest bidder series with Lauren Landish is my favorite series ever. Mm. But her Merciless series is top notch in a really good. Girl, yeah. talk about those in comic book form. <laughs> really good. I'm gonna have to try that out, honestly. Merciless is hands down. You know me and my dark romance. Merciless is hands down one of my favorite, all-time favorite series. Merciless is really good um, for dark romance. But I really like the Highest Bitter series more. But I don't know if I consider that one super dark, personally. It's on, like, a stranger level of Yeah, dark. I would say more, like, I would, that one's tough because I would put it classified as billionaire. Can we yeah. call it romance? Can we call it gray romance? Because it's like in the middle of four. Yeah, yeah. I, would say that. I would put that. Like, gonna, we coined the term gray romance. <laughs> no, look, no, I've just I, look. I was just telling JJ this the other day because somebody filled out our, our request form to be on the podcast, and she'll know who she is if she because li- she listens to this podcast all the time. <laughs> so shout out to Maggie because Maggie is the one that <laughs> the form. But Maggie comment like put her tropes in there, and I've never heard the term open. What was, what was it? Closed door, open door, Close, open door. Because open you didn't know open door was. Oh, so I've never heard AKA. that term used before. I had to ask what it was because I didn't know what it was. So, AKA cliffhanger. No, no. no so, open door is just sex scenes. It's spicy romance. Oh. Oh, because you're closed closed door, door, closed door, yeah. black. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I've never heard it referenced that way before, so it was like really shocking. So shout out to Maggie for that because she taught me something new. And Maggie is like an OG listener. She has listened to this podcast since the beginning. She now I'm gonna laugh because she's gonna message you and be like, "That's not what I meant." <laughs> I <love> Probably. <laughs> Really like that is not what I meant. <laughs> She'll be like, MJ was the first time. Years. <laughs> it wouldn't okay, be the first so- time we've been schooled about the wrong thing because MJ does that often with with her names. Always fucking names, dude. It's always an Anyway, always comes to mind. You're just you gotta let me live that one down. It's gonna scar me for life as enough as it is. Um. All right, so we have we're gonna shift uh, gears and go to book questions, and we're gonna be talking about uh, your recent release, Stranger, which I have personally read. Uh, Stevie, do you want to alternate back and forth with these? Do you want yes. me to go first? Okay, so you want me to go first? You want to go first? You go first. You, okay. <sighs> Tell us what inspired the Dark Matter Security Firm, and what made you want to start the series. Um. So really funny. I don't know if you guys know, y'all are really young. Um, uh, you- uh, uh, who are we talking about? <laughs> you already know we are the same age. <laughs> Do you guys know what the A-team is? Yes. <laughs> and he's like, uh... 
<laughs> Emma is only 22, so she does not know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, I have absolutely, okay. I have absolutely no idea who these men are. Okay, so the A team, there's a movie that was made like, I don't know, like 10 years ago with like Bradley Cooper, but it's originally a show from like the, the 70s or 80s, and it was about a group of mercenaries okay. that were like former military members, okay? But it was kind of like a buddy comedy style, like, okay. it was intense, but it wasn't, in, you know, not in today's standards. Mm-hmm. I always loved that show, and I always thought it would be really cool to make a book series about these mercenaries who, but when it comes to them breaking the law, they really <laughs> break the law, you know, and um, and that that's kind of where it butted from was from there and then just I don't know it just kind of went wild in my head and I created this entire world of these like not all of them are former military you'll learn more about them in the next few books but you know just these people that have all been wronged in one way or another and they take it upon themselves to fix it (laughs) Hey, listen, I love men who like to take things into their own hands. I love a man who doesn't wait around for shit to happen. So I'm here for it. As you know, Cole does that. He does not wait around. Very much. Uh, speaking of Cole, let's talk about him. The perfect boy bo- book boyfriend. I want him to stalk me. Okay. I want that. You know, that's all I, you know, that's all I'm asking for is a little stalker, but not, but like a hot stalker, you know, like that. Yeah, well, well, yeah, you don't want an ugly stalker. <laughs> You know, that's, just, that's what you call the cough. <laughs> like, it's literally just like that Fifty Shades of Grey thing. It's like, would you like Christian Grey if he was a homeless man? Like, if he was doing the same thing, um, if he looked like would... Jamie Dornan, hell fucking yeah, I would. I mean, I don't... if he worked at McDonald's instead of like running his billionaire company, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, anyways, what was your favorite and least favorite thing about writing cold? Okay, so this is a tricky one. I love Cole. Like, Cole's my baby. He was, he's probably one of my favorite characters I've written because he's been through some shit, right? And I I think my favorite thing about writing him was just creating his obsession for Lily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just so sweet. Like, he, he, he knew right away. Like, he saw her. He loved her. He... He didn't care what she'd been through. He knew, but he knew, like, he knew that it's, it's going to be challenging. And in further books, you're, they're going to face challenges, you know? Yeah. Um, and I loved writing that, like, writing someone who truly did just love her no matter what. And, like, wanted to save her and show her that the world's not as ugly as the one she's been living in for five years, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think another favorite part was just everything he overcame and he was able to see the beauty and he was able to trust her, even though he had been really, really hurt too, mm-hmm. as you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I think my least favorite part would be writing the anti-hero part of Cole, like the some of the bad things he did and they were pretty dang bad. And... The reason I wrote them is because to me they were important. They were very important to show like he's not a good person. Like this is why he views himself as a bad person. Yeah. And he 
he's been hurt and he maybe didn't handle it the greatest but in my opinion i probably would have done the same thing <laughs> that's like my favorite part of writing to, to be honest with you now i like writing the pieces that make you know i just find myself as i continue writing dark romance i enjoy writing the love portion of these books less and less the more i get into writing Killing people. Okay. Right. And I don't know if that like is showing my psychotic tendencies or <laughs> you know what's going on with that, but I don't know. I think that uh I don't know, it's my favorite part is writing like how dark they're willing to go. But yeah. it's like a morally gray thing, right? It's like you your job as the author is to make them feel like like to make readers be like, Okay, I know it's bad, but like you want your readers to just what you're yeah. doing, right? And I think you did that really well with Cole. I was like the whole time I was like, okay, listen, I know, I know, but you know, like, it, it's it's kind of thing. Yeah. So and that's how I view it too. I'm like, you know, it's it's very much justified in his head. Everything that happened, like everything he went through, what he did was mild. Yeah, you yeah, know, like to, the uh, retaliation, the revenge, it was very mild compared to what he actually went through. Exactly. There you go. Okay. So, you know, yeah, it's not as bad. And then, but I knew that when readers were reading it, they were going, there, there was going to be a divide at some point. You know, some are going to love it, some are going to hate it. And and I've seen that already. I mean, overall, I think most people are like, oh, I love him, which is great. But that was where, that was a, my least favorite part of writing it because I was like, this is where people are going to split up. Like, yeah, people are going to decide if he is a worthy book boyfriend or not. And I mean, see, this is my thing. You know, like, I believe that you have to... I have this issue, okay, where I believe that, you know, you have, like, writing to market and writing the perfect book boyfriend with no flaws that you know everybody is going to love, right, <laughs> kind of thing, but then it's just, like, I don't know, like, I personally, for me, I'm gonna write the book the way I want to, and if, like, readers, if some readers don't enjoy whatever character is that I'm writing, you know, Maybe it's just not, maybe I'm just not for you. Um, I actually have this issue. I had that issue when writing like the current book I'm writing right now, mm. um, which I kind of just threw out the window and was like, fuck it. I don't really give a shit. And it's like with my female character, um, because listen, she's a mean girl in part one. Okay. So either people are just going to have to trust me that she has a character redemption or they're just not going to like her. And that's okay. But I, tr I struggled so hard because I was so worried about people liking her that I was like, you know what? I don't want her to be likable in the beginning and I was like if they don't like her then I did my job either you trust me to make her likable or you just it's not for you you know yeah so I just say fuck it and write what we want you know because well, essentially that's basically what I did and I, I'm excited because in further on into the next few books you're still getting a major glimpse into Cole and Lily and I'm really excited for people to to see more of, especially Lily's character development. Mm -hmm. And that's, and I think, and you're going to see a lot of Cole too. And you're going to learn a lot more of his like inner turmoil he went through. Yeah. But you didn't get a glimpse at in the beginning, you know. Yeah. So. so speaking of Lily, uh, tough as nails heroine, loved her to death. And this girl, my, my, this girl's been through a lot, okay. <laughs> 
And we see so much of that throughout this book, her backstory, her current story. It was one that I feel like a lot of people can relate to when it comes to domestic, domestic violence slash um, spousal abuse. So what was something that you learned about yourself when you were writing Lily about the, in these situations uh, when you were writing her? So, so that's a trick question. It was actually really funny. I was reading these questions, you know, when you guys gave me a heads up with my husband <laughs> and I read that one and he's like, yeah, what did you learn about spousal abuse? <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, did you uncover anything about yourself? Like, did you, did, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I knew what you meant and so did he. He was just kidding. Um, you know what? I'm not insinuating your husband is abusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know it's really fun. when I when I wrote this one I was very nervous but I knew that this was a story that this is what I needed to write you know I was very nervous I actually reached out and I interviewed domestic violence victims survivors I even I had um sensitivity readers, like all of it because I didn't want anything to hurt anyone like yeah. I didn't want to I didn't want to put, put light to uh, such a serious situation. You know what I mean? You and respect the community. Exactly. I, I, exactly. Because I haven't been through that, thankfully, you know, but there's millions of women in the world who have, and it's heartbreaking. And I think just what I learned is that, and I'm so ashamed to say this, but I'm, I'm so in my own bubble that, I'm, I'm learning that there are those little signs that are so easy to pick up on people who have been through that. Yeah. And I'm like, I really need to keep my eyes open a little more, you know, and, and that's kind of my new goal is to really like not overread every situation, but just pay attention yeah. a little more, you know, and more yeah, exactly. And, and then another, you know, one wonderful thing I learned is you, you always hear like, oh, if you or anyone else is experiencing this, like contact this number, blah, 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 you know, and you always seem to like hear about the main like few helplines, but there are so many resources out there. So, yeah. so many. And I've learned, I've learned that pretty much anywhere you turn, you can find assistance and help and yeah. it's not always easy. And I think, but I think the hardest part is really taking that step. Yeah, and I feel like that's the saddest part is knowing that there are all these resources out there and knowing, and, and these women or, you know, men that are domestically assaulted still feel trapped, you know? Yeah. Like that is how much of a psychological hold that domestic mm -hmm. violence puts over somebody that they can have all of these resources. I mean, I, for example, a really good book that comes to mind is Colleen Hoover's um, mm -hmm. It Ends With Us. Uh, it's a really good book that comes to mind. I feel like it was such a really good, like a fresh spin on domestic violence because Lily, spoiler alert, God, if you don't, haven't read it, spoiler alert. If they haven't because, read it, I'd be concerned. Yeah, because Lily um, comes from a, fam a home where her dad domestically assaulted her, his, her mother. So like her whole life, she's like, I'm never ending up with a man like that. I'm never doing that. And then she meets Ryle, right? And it's like, Lily has resources. Lily has money. She has a job of her own. Mm -hmm. She can leave him. She is not trapped by Ryle by anything other than 
the relationship they hold with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I think it was a really good way to show people that it doesn't matter how many resources you have, how smart yeah. you are, how much money you have on your own. It's not about any of that. It's about the psychological hold that that person oh. has over you and the constant, it'll never happen again. Or you're, you're bargaining with the good over the bad. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think that stories like this are very needed, especially to show women who have been through domestic violence that you are still worthy of having. A- yeah, you still come out on top. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I loved it. I thought you did such a great job. I think you respect my mom uh, went through domestic violence. So, I mean, I think that it is it was lovely. It was, I really think you did a well, really thank you. Job with that. See, and I feel like I did, like you're talking about like the way Colleen Hoover did it where she had all these resources. And I really, I kind of enjoyed doing it in that completely opposite aspect of it where because he took away every single person that she ever loved or loved her. Yep. So in her mind, she had no one. And so to her, there was just no way out. And that's what they do, right? That's what, oh my god, bro! I'm so like, yeah. I'm so like observant of that shit. That's what they do. They like to single you out away from your mm-hmm. family so that you feel like the only thing that well, they have is. Them. And then Ian, you know, in the book, there was zero apologies. Oh, and yeah, no. and I, you know, and I feel like it, it, there's even a line, and this is probably one of my favorite that I wrote. And one of the ladies that read it was like, "This is perfect." And she was like, you hear about people apologizing, saying they'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen. Yeah, because narcissists don't apologize. It's exactly. Dumbness, and I wouldn't have done that to you. Exactly. And that's 100% what I was conveying with Ian. Because he was, he's a narcissist. He's a, he's a sociopath. He's like in his head, he is God. Yeah. Yeah. And and I and that's one of my favorite things about Lily is just watching her overcome his god complex. Yeah, exactly. You know, she she was able to overcome that, and that's yeah, absolutely my favorite. And I am very excited for people to see a little more of her character development too. Because right. I mean, there's going to be a lot. Totally agree. <laughs> All right, Stevie. Take it away with your questions. What is next for your Dark Matter Security series? Oh, man. So, book two is Alec. I'm so excited for that one. Um, I actually have caught a little flack about it because the first book ended... So, the first book ended from Alec's point of view, if you... As you know, because you read it. Um... But people are like, oh, I wanted Gunner next. I wanted Gunner. That makes more sense. It's like, I promise there's such a good reason for this. <laughs> yeah. I promise. I know. I mean, I'm so guilty of that. I am so guilty of not having the patience because I'm like, but I like this character. I want their story now. Yeah. Yeah. But I am, it's, I'm very excited for Alex's story. It's like, it's a second second chance romance version of dark matter and it's going to be i i'm very excited for it now um i i'm not going to say who book three is because it'll be a huge spoiler for those who haven't read stranger yeah and then book four finally will be gunner and i'm very excited about that um i just i'm very excited for the whole series because you're gonna see so much up and down violence <laughs> Danger. I love violence. <laughs> lots and lots of steam. Like all of it. I'm very I'm super thrilled about it. I cannot wait. I'm super excited too. 
to say though that I am playing with my pop socket right now. I got I got mine too. Yay! I don't have a fucking pop socket on my phone. I'm sorry. I have it's it on a, my Kindle. It's dark also, matter security. I don't like pop sockets. It says dark matter security. Uh, guess what? I have ADHD. Um, I but also I would like to days. also say that JJ sent me a sticker that says "Shut up, shut the hell up." I'm reading. LOL, me. <laughs> Oh, she froze again. All right. <laughs> My next question, a lot of people hate this question. And it's fine, because I'm still going to ask it anyway, no matter how many authors tell me they hate it. <laughs> if... You forgot the word stranger in there. If stranger was turned into a movie or a TV show, who would you cast in the lead roles? I figured you would know! I I do know. Um, I one hundred percent. Long pause. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um. So Cole has a very specific look in my mind. So, if I were to cast him, it would probably be either Chris Hensworth with his Thor hair. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or Charlie Hunnam with his long Jack's hair. Because Cole has the blonde hair, the man bun. Like, it's not touched on a lot, but he pulls it back in his bun and he looks sexy and I love it. Um, so it'd have to be one of them or someone very similar, very sexy, godlike. Godlike. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, Lily, to me, I would say I always thought of Nina Dobrev. Oh, I love her. I love her too. I, but, you know, a very, like... I feel like in the Vampire Diaries, she's always so beautiful. And she is beautiful, 100%. So she would have to be a little more, like, homely. But that's who I always pictured in my head. Um, Like in her new movie. Yes! Exactly! Which is, I movie, movie. Which is now on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but yes, that, that one. 100% the way she looks in all the previews, I would say. That's who I pictured, is Nina Dobrev and then one of those... Very sexy blondes. <laughs> me and me and my Amy and Fletcher watched that last night. It was very good. Is it? Yeah, it's on my to watch list. So I really enjoyed. I'll it, tell you honestly. what's on my to watch list right now. In case anybody has not seen the the trailer for it, but they need to go watch it, is the Lion Game with Lucy Hale. Yeah, yeah, I saw. I it. cannot yeah. wait to. Watch I it. love Lucy Hale. I haven't seen it. And the Lion Game, which is written by Sally Thorne, I believe. Mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. It you is know so many random details. I don't ever know who writes movies. I only know this because that was a book that was seen all oh. over TikTok. Okay. People were posting it all the time about, like, because of the um, the cover was a, it's an illustrated one. Mm -hmm. So, let me make sure I'm speaking the right... Thing, but I'm almost positive it's Sally Thorne because it is Sally Thorne. It is. Okay. It is 100% Sally Thorne. I love the cover of that book, but 
I'm more excited that um, Lucy Hale will be starring as Lucy. Because ironically, yeah. the girl's name is Lucy. Yeah. Imagine, you know, I wouldn't get too into the role, though, you know, and that man's hot. <laughs> I would be like, oh, God, I feel like I really am this person. I, 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 couldn't, so I couldn't be an actress. I'd fall in love with every single co-star I ever <laughs> All of them. I could never. I could never. All right, so we're going to move to writing questions. Uh, that's okay. the was section. Um, so are you a plotter, a pantser, or somewhere in between, which we like to call planter? I was just going to say, I'm a planter, um, 100%. So I, I usually know, like, point A, point E, maybe point K, and then, like, Z. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Anywhere in between, it's free game and whatever my characters decide to tell me. I've tried plotting, and I just, I, it's not for me. I can't do it. I ended up throwing it out the window and just doing my thing, so. The more I listen to people on this podcast talk about their plancing, the more I'm like, <laughs> the more I'm, like um, I'm a plotter. Yeah, I am definitely <laughs> a plotter. You know, and I try to be a plancer. Like, I try to call myself a plancer so I didn't seem like a freak type a person but you know i'm i'm a plotter because who was it that was on the podcast talking about their planting and i was like oh that's a little bit too much plant that's a little bit too much pantsing for me so maybe i am a plotter maybe i'm a plotter see i always know like the the big big parts like i know especially like so in dark matter i know like what the plot's gonna be i know the big drama I know the resolution. I know, you know, maybe a little bit about the romance, but really, I think everything in between, I just kind of, I, I let my characters take me for a freaking wild ride. Yeah, and I think that for me, okay, so this is what I, this is it. This, this is how I think I pants, okay? Because I think I know my characters extremely well after the 150 questions that they have to go through, 112 <laughs> questions they have to go through. So I think I know them pretty well. Um, so basically, I'll do like in the beginning, I'll do, I'll write plot five chapters, I'll write it and see where my characters are at. And then mm-hmm. plot five more, and then I'll plot ten more after those five are done, right? But I don't like break down each chapter what happens. Right. Put like a little line like, "This is a high point that needs to happen here." As mm-hmm. for like dialogue, mannerisms, and like actions they do within, I I plants that, like I pants that, like I let them tell me what right. they do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a little too much, but you know. So you're like a plot as you go type of person. Yeah, pretty much. I need, I need to get with, I can't plot a whole book. Like I need to get at least like five chapters in, see where my characters are at, what they're mm-hmm. doing, and then plot more uh, before we can move forward. So yeah, that's literally how I am. <laughs> like I literally post on my story the other, I post on my story all the time about how like I'll write a scene and I'll comment, I'll like make a caption or something like that. And it's like, Rook. And I'm like, oh, you, we can't do that. And Rook's like, yes, the fuck we can, bitch. <laughs> no, you really cannot. I put one on there and I was like, I got to see if we can do that. I got to Google it first. And he was like, we're doing it. And I was like, Google says we can't do it. And he was like, fuck Google. And I was like, we're not doing it. <laughs> not doing it. Yeah, he's a billionaire. I hate when Google tells me something's not possible. <laughs> I, know, I would right? like to call, correct myself that the movie is called The Hating Game, by the way. Oh, okay, I was gonna say it didn't. And no. I would also like to say that the male care lead character was also Nina Dobrev's boyfriend. 
<gasps> what? Yes, Austin Stonewell. Austin Stonewell is the lead care, the lead male role. Dope. Did we all just pull out our phones to look it up? Yeah, yeah this is them together. <laughs> I didn't know he was Nina's. Oh, he's hot. I'm yes, all for is. it. And he looks even better because the movie takes place in an office, so he's always wearing a suit, and he looks really good in the suit. I'm here for Yeah, it. he does. Oh, I know who he is. Okay. I'm, like, so here for this, and, and I just love the fact that her name is Lucy Hutton, and Lucy's name is Lucy Hale, and it's just, like, all yeah, meant to be. <laughs> I love Lucy Hale. I love her so much. Same. She could right. be Lily, too, I think. But I always picture Nina. Yeah. So, do you have any interesting writing quirks? Like, when you sit down to write, do you have to be, like, eating Twizzlers or, like, wearing the center of socks? Um, so, if I am writing a sex scene, I cannot write one without a glass of wine. Oh, yes. Probably somebody has some type of superstition. I always have to have wine. Um, and I'm determined. So, I haven't had wine in, like, three weeks. And I am convinced that that is why every time I've tried to write, I was like, nope, I, it's not working. I have to stop because I'm convinced that's why because I didn't have any. Um, but I bought, I went and bought some Saturday and then I wrote a really good scene yesterday and I was like, yep, it's the wine. It's the wine. It's the magical elixir. <laughs> um, and then if I'm writing non-steamy scenes, it's usually, I have hot Cheetos. Um, with Limon, like the, the Limon hot Cheetos. And oh, girl. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta put you on something real quick. Get yourself some hot Cheetos, okay? Tatine, <laughs> lime, mm -hmm. and chamoy. Oh, girl. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love chamoy. <laughs> yeah, um, I always have to have those if I'm doing, like, normal, like, normal writing. So, yeah. wine for the sex scenes. Hot Cheetos for the normal ones. I'm here for it. Listen, <laughs> I literally eat chamoy, tahine, and lime on pickles. Mm. Like, my husband's like, you're fucking crazy. And I'm like, it's delicious! <laughs> so I can say I've never tried that, but I don't really like pickles. Oh, my, blasphemy. <laughs> That's what I, I hear that a lot, actually. <laughs> Jail. Pickles are amazing. Anyways, so, what do you like to do when you're not writing? Um, thinking that I should be writing instead of doing something I'm not. Literal <laughs> story of my life. Um, honestly, I just, I hang out with my husband and my kids. I try to write as much as I can, or read. If I'm not writing, I want to, I like to read. But, um, lately I've been re-binging Psych because the new Psych movie's coming out and that's, just an obsession. So, <laughs> I'm a very boring person. I'm re-binging Dexter because a new uh, season is coming mm -hmm. out, like a spinoff. So, I'm super excited about it. I've been told I should get into Dexter for my mindset of my dark romances. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that Dexter is literally the definition of an anti-hero. He is borderline like there, you know? Like, he's definitely mm -hmm. on the line. But, and you. You is another good one. Joe oh, gosh. So I haven't, watched, I haven't watched season three yet, so no spoilers. Season one, Joe Goldberg, the whole time. The whole time. I was You're so in love with him. I was like, yeah, Joe, you need to kill her. That's that's what you need to do. And I was, like, angry that Beck found out. I was so pissed off. I was so mad. And I was like, at the end, I was like, 
I'm a literal fucking psychopath that I'm rooting for the psychopath. No, one hundred percent. When she like spoiler alert for those who haven't watched season one, which blasphemy if you haven't, but you need like when she reaches into the ceiling in the yeah. bathroom. No, 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 no. Don't do that. I was like, he's done so much work to get you guys together, and now you're together, and like, what are you doing, Beth? And then I realized that I had like, I had like a self-aware moment. I feel like I was like extraterrestrial out of my body, saw myself doing this, and I was like, you need therapy. You're really rooting for the killer to end up with girl. Like, what is wrong with you? But it's okay. It's okay. Um, anyways, so what's the weirdest thing that you've ever had to Google for a book? Oh. <laughs> Um, the weirdest thing I ever Googled was the best acid to use to decompose a body. Uh, I'm sorry, wait, what? Repeat? The best acid. Sulfuric. Um, so I have done, uh, I found hydrochloric and nitric acid. Yeah, that's what together. I mean. Sulfuric acid is not what I meant. I meant hydrochloric. <laughs> <laughs> I meant hydrochloric. <laughs> I so so you're I have another series I'm gonna be doing after this series that's a spin-off of it. Um you met the character very briefly in danger. In danger in stranger. <laughs> you met you met him very briefly. And you're going he is gonna have an entire series about him and his team and acid in different ways to get rid of bodies comes up quite often <laughs> Wait, don't. you gotta put it in plastic though you gotta put it in a plastic because mm -hmm. it doesn't it'll melt through, shit. It'll melt through <laughs> everything else and you know like i had this conversation with my husband because we were watching breaking bad which is originally like he was like why is it melt why does he have to put it in plastic it melted through the the saran the mm -hmm. whatever the fucking bathtub is made of um it melted through that and I was like, because plastic has, so it's, it's a covalent bond. So mm -hmm. basically the hydro hydrochloric acid have bonds that directly repel plastic. And so that's why they won't, it won't melt through it. And he was like, I don't understand a word you just said. And I was like, I lettered in chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm watching an episode of um, Snapped. I'm, oh well, yeah. You know, I was like, "Don't, don't cheat on me, because you will go missing. You definitely will go missing. I will literally. They'll never find you. I know the perfect way to get rid of a body. I'm not gonna say it publicly because if I ever, if he goes missing, you know. No, yeah. Me. However, I will say that it ends with me taking his teeth and grinding them into a dust. Um. So yeah. Well, he's just smarter than Joe, and you don't keep him in a box. Oh no, I'd get rid of anything. Listen, I saw this thing that me, I literally watch serial killer documentaries all the time. My husband really worries about me. Um, but I was watching one and it was talking about how like this, oh no, 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 I was reading. I was reading, oh, where is it? I have this book on, oh here it is. I have a, I found this in a library and I bought it. It's serial murders and their victims. And it's a, it's a, like a class book that had been like given away to a library and i read the whole thing like eight times and it talks about statistically that women are women are not there are not as many female serial killers as there are men and women kill for 
money and power versus how men do it for like a certain men do it like sadistically for like sexual pleasure and i was like nah y'all got that wrong women just smarter than men and ain't got fucking caught that's why there's no <laughs> we're not fucking stupid um i and and you know what another thing i think it is women don't have as big of egos as men do you yeah know, a lot of serial killers like for example gary ridgeway what would have literally the, the green the green river killer literally would have gotten away with it had he kept his dumb ass mouth shut but if he would just but he was so like he wanted to have the attention he wanted to be chased same thing for the zodiac they wanted they have this ego of needing the attention for it Women don't give a fuck. We'll let the police snoop around our fucking house all damn day and not say a shit. Say shit. And I was like, it's because men have egos. That's why them bitches get caught. Ted Bundy is another example. Biggest ego in the world. This was another question I said out loud to my husband and told him the answer. And that's when he just got up and walked away. <laughs> I would like to also point out the fact that I, I was telling JJ about this last night. And she then told me that she has the same thing. Um, about destroying hard drives and naming your CIA agent that that watches your Mine's computer. She Mine has name Steve. <laughs> Stu. Well, <laughs> huh? Mine's name is Stu. Oh, I mean, Steve's literally watching this right now, and he's like, you know, I even said she's like, she said worse, you know. <laughs> so it's okay. He knows. He knows. <laughs> And you know, I can't wait to the day that we finally meet each other, Steve, because I'm gonna be like, I fucking knew it, bitch. I knew it. Now tell me if Area 51 is real. Do we got aliens? You know it is. You know it is. I'm gonna tell you right now, Area 51 has every single cure for every disease that we've ever encountered, ever. Okay, that's it. That's all I gotta say. The bubonic plague <laughs> is in Area 51. Bet your ass. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay, no, I'm not getting into this right now. Anyways, um, and the gun that actually killed JFK, Area 51. Anywho, um, <laughs> move on. we're gonna move on to uh, reading questions. If you don't think there's a cure for cancer and AIDS, you're fucking delusional. Like, geez. <laughs> um, uh, but like, cancer makes the most, and it's like it's like really bad. But like, cancer makes the most is like the number one profit for the United States is cancer, like chemo and medication and surgeries. It's like the number one moneymaker. So the no, they'll never fucking cure it. We'll be broke. Anyways, um, reading. How am I going to survive Vegas with you two? You know what? Don't give me time. Don't get me high and get talking about conspiracy theories. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to be high. I'm going to definitely be high, but do not talk to me about theories because I'll go off on really big rants. Okay. (laughs) If you think this is bad. All right, Stevie, take it away with reading questions, ma'am. I'm I'm at a loss for words now because I have a feeling that fans are going to come up to us and. And love and fake it. And start talking conspiracy theories. (laughs) I won't even be able to get books signed. I'll be like, yo, listen to this theory I got. Are y'all ready for this? I am not even joking you. I genuinely think I solved the murder one time when I was 15. I thought I literally solved the murder. I'm not joking. Oh my god. (laughs) Do you guys know what the Black Dahlia is? Oh! I'm obsessed with the Black Dahlia. Okay, so you know, that whole thing with like the mysterious murder or whatever. I kid you fucking not. I was 15 years old, had to write a book report on it. Well, actually, we had to write a book report on anything, and I picked that one. Um, so <laughs> I. Anybody? Not. I thought it was interesting. I just Googled unsolved murders. 
Um, and basically I was doing research on it, convinced my dad to get me like one of those like thumbtack boards for the project. Right? <laughs> I, I had fucking printouts and shit. And like I tried hacking in that into base. I literally Googled. You got a motherboard? I swear to God, I had like pins and like yarn and shit. I'm not even joking you. And you know that you know that gif where it's like that guy and he has the board and he's like, he's like this. That was me. <laughs> yeah, let me explain. It was me. Um, but yeah, don't. No, I genuinely thought I solved that shit, but it's fine. Um, as I was saying, uh, Stevie, take it away with reading questions, lady. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What book has your favorite cover? Now, this can be one of your own or somebody else's. Or both. That is so hard. There's so many amazing covers out there. With... I'm like... Oh my gosh, that is the most... Why? Why would you ask me that? Um, let me see. Let me, let me pull up my Kindle. How about I just tell you my favorite cover on my Kindle? <laughs> Um, that's so, that's so hard. Um, so out of mine, my current favorite cover is probably Stranger. Mm -hmm. I love all my, I love my mainstay series, but they're so sweet and I love the dirty side of Stranger. Um, I, I really actually like, um, was up in the treehouse is that the name of it oh my god up in the treehouse by k yes K. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that that cover is just beautiful um oh don't mind me hold on <laughs> like i just love it so much like i just think it's so pretty oh, it's stunning I love and covers. probably probably one Probably that one. I mean, I don't know if I would say it's my all-time favorite. That's going to be a hard one to pick. But it's it's very, very pretty. And it just gives off that, like, sweet. But, yeah. I just really like it. <laughs> I get it. I like it, too. Now, the um, real question is, have you seen the alternative cover that was in the book box? No. Oh, I like that one, too. That's pretty dope. That is really dope. I like that. I like that a lot. I love, I will say, too, all of Harlow Ray's, um, like, all of her alternative covers are so pretty for pretty much all of her books. I love them. Literally. Um, they're so, so pretty. Um, Rachel Lee actually just, released um his hollow heart and that cover i love that cover too that's a really pretty cover yeah it's really pretty and sarah kate's burn for me i really like that one too like the eyes his eyes are just Hot i'm obsessed Hot <laughs> as hell. I love that mm -hmm. what attracts you to a book the cover the blurb the recommendation from others or the title I mean, all of it in the most part. Um, I have a hard time with covers if I can't tell what the book's about. Um, like, all there will be, like, angsty romances, but it'll be, like, an animated cover. 
and I have a hard time with that because I'm like, to me, that's like a rom-com style type cover. And so I'll have a hard time getting interested in it if like that's not what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would say I would say everything though, because if someone recommends a book to me, I'm more than likely to just get it and try it. But if I look at it and I'm like, nothing else about it intrigues me, I probably won't. You know, but but overall, I think I think it can be everything depending on the situation in the book. But I very the funny thing is I very rarely read blurbs unless I'm at a bookstore. So if I like go to Barnes and Noble or go to a local bookstore and I'm looking at them, I will read the blurbs. If I'm like say something pops up on Facebook. If it's like an excerpt or even a quote or something, a lot of times I'll just like snag it. I don't even bother like reading the blurb um, unless I just unless the excerpt or something they post like confuses me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, so is this like a romance or you you know like if I'm unsure, then maybe I'll read the blurb to figure it out. But overall, I very rarely like if I'm just getting books on my Kindle, I'll just. Just download. It's fine. Story of my life. <laughs> Never have enough. You can have 20 in Kindle Unlimited now, so. Yep. That was probably a really bad idea on Amazon's part. Right? I mean, I never really hit my limit anyways, even with 10. I, because I'm very, like, I'm one that I'll, like, I'll get a few, and then I'll read them, and then return them, and then get, like, a few more. I wasn't that was not Yeah. I, I had stockpiled so many books on KU. I had 20 books. And two of them I always keep on there anyway because I just haven't bought them. I just bought one, so I returned one of them. But I stockpiled, so I made a goal to read all of them in a short amount of time. And I only really have two left. Of my Kindle or ARCs. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but yeah I own some books too like i like i have like 800 books on here jesus christ <laughs> i don't even know how many i have i could never do and we're not even going to talk about how many i have on book funnel no thank you no uh-uh. <laughs> like I, there's no shame in my game <laughs> We're not even going to talk about how many books I have in my room right now and how many are on their way. <laughs> I have a lot, but not that many. I don't have the space for it. I mean, I I purposely had to buy bookshelves for the wall. I love it. Because <laughs> I was running out of room. And now I'm going to have to buy another set because now I'm running out of room again. It's fine. Everything <laughs> is fine. It's under control. I blame Vegas, though, because I did just order books for Vegas. Yeah. With the sole purpose that they're getting signed in Vegas. <laughs> Even though you have a year to do that. <laughs> That's why, because it's expensive. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm taking shit with me. I even bought uh, a damn rolling cart, so I don't have to carry my damn bags. All of the ones that uh, I'm getting signed are on my shelves, so I'm just ready to just pack them and go. Look. See, I'm lucky that, like, I'm driving. Like, I can drive to Vegas because we're only a few hours away, so. Must be fucking nice. I, I'm <laughs> buying this thing. 
Which, by the way, collapses and puts in your suitcase because um, Tegan and I both got the same one. Oh my god! And yeah. our bags are going to be too heavy, and we're ju- it's just not going to work out well if I have to carry everything. So I'm going to roll it. For it, I'm. It's yeah. fine. I'm okay. <laughs> See, no, I'm glad. Like we can just <laughs> do everything in the trunk. I don't have to pay for the luggage. I, well, see, if you fly Southwest, you get two bags for free, and that's fine. Well, but well, then I was told that there is a UPS store right near Planet Hollywood. So <laughs> I may have to. What you do, though, is just have your two bags with all your books, and then just wear lots of layers of clothes. And then that's just your clothes for the few days you're there. Or I'll take my carry-on and put uh, take my carry-on suitcase and put all my clothes in the carry-on. There you go. There you go. You only need like a few things. <laughs> we'll just forget that I'm there for five days. It's fine. Um, who were some of your favorite authors to read? Um, Sylvie Stewart's one of my favorite. Um, Harlow Ray, mm. Heather Orjan. Um, I don't know. Like, I have so, so many. No, my husband's pointing at himself. Um, let's see. He can be a favorite. That's fine. <laughs> when he writes the grocery list, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I really, it depends on my mood. Um, Willow Winters, obviously, I love her. Um, she actually was one of the first real romance books I ever read. Um, so she I'm obs- the OG. She is, yeah, her Knocking Boots, knock like the original Knocking Boots before she re-released it, was one of my very first romances, and I absolutely love it. Um, and then, yeah, then Heather Ray, Heather M. Orjan, Sylvie Stewart, um, Amelia Shea. And Amelia Shea, I love her um, her MC series, and Jean St. James, I really like her her MC and her In the Shadow Security series as well, so probably right there. All right. <laughs> On to trope. Oh, okay. Shit, my bad. Okay, sorry. So we have <laughs> trope questions. This is our favorite portion of questions. So what is your favorite trope to write and why? Um, you know, I think I really enjoy writing second chance romances or like friends to lovers. And the reason I really like them is because I love the backstories. Mm-hmm. I love, love, love having a good backstory to integrate into what I'm currently writing. I, I like that's probably one of my favorites. I also love friends to lovers. All right, your turn, Stevie. Agreed. What is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? Um, I, that's, that's a tricky one. Is a sports romance considered a trope? Yep. Okay. I'm definitely, like, so I wrote a short story hockey romance for a, um, an anthology. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. And I would love to do a full series. Mm-hmm. for it um i would love to do like a full sports romance series i think it'd be a lot of fun here for it here for it <laughs> um what is one trope you would never write and why step siblings why yeah I, I can't i just can't like why? I've, 
I tried reading them and I can't get into it. I can't like I I always finish, but I feel like I'm cringing the whole time. Like there's nothing wrong with them. Absolutely nothing wrong. Okay, but wait, what if like okay, so I mean I could probably get well listen, because next year I'm writing one. So. <laughs> um spoiler well, alert. Uh, it's I just released like titles and I literally said I literally in like the little description it says one of which is my new stepbrother all of them know what I did last summer so I'm it's very not a spoiler <laughs> it's very obvious um so anyways um I'm doing one next year so it's fine um but my thing is I feel like if they don't grow like if they grow up with each other it's a little weird right yes but in this in this instance, they know of each other. They live in two different towns, and their yeah. parents happen to happen to get married when they're both older. Oh no, that's fine. That's yeah, not the same. Like, yeah, and now I could probably cringe too if they like grow up a little bit. Yeah, they grow up together. It's like Ooh. no, it's yeah, it's the ones where it's like they're like four years old. Their parents get married, and they literally grow up as siblings. Like yeah, that to me, I'm like. Yeah, it's just, yeah, no, it's very cringeworthy. If they're like grown adults, no, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me as much because I'm like, I mean, they're grown adults. So what, their parents got married. Like, you you live on your own, you support yourself. You're, it's not the same, you know. I still um, like it, though. I still like it, though. And it's going to take place during summer vacation after graduating college, so they're both going to be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I like the taboo aspect of like living in a house together and like knowing that I like it. And it's a reverse harem. So like listen, y'all. It's <laughs> the, the one thing that it's it's what? <laughs> well I think so I I mean I've read some and there have been some like like you said, where it's like they're grown up and you know, that doesn't like I can get behind that. Mm -hmm. Um However, the one thing that always makes me like shy away from it is when stepbrother is in the title. Oh, oh I, yeah. I just because then I have a hard time forgetting it. Like I feel like there's moments where when you're reading it, you can almost kind of forget their stepbrother or step siblings or whatever, and it's funny. It's I like the taboo aspect of it. <laughs> but it, like like you said though, it depends on the situation. I, mean, I totally get it. I totally get yeah. it. Like, there was one book I read that it was, like, the stepbrother was, like, the title. Like, literally, that's what the title was. And I was, like, but I had read, like, the second book in the series that was, like, about their friends. Yeah. And it intrigued me so much that I was, like, well, I really want to go read this book now. And it was, like, the same thing. Like, they were adults. And they started dating. And then their parents started dating and got married. And I was, like, okay, that's not that big of a deal. But I'm, like, why did she have to name it? See, my thing, I have this, I mean, I'll read them, don't get me wrong, so, like, I've read books that do this, um, but I'm, like, not a huge fan of them. I don't like it when the trope is in the title. Like, I agree, like, the baby for the billionaire, or, or, like, yeah, yeah. It depends I, for me, like, it, it honestly depends on who writes it and why it's in there. I mean, I understand. Like, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't be wrong. Like, I've definitely read them. They're yeah. just not like I just. They're just not my favorite. I like. I, I like unique titles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just think it's cool. Like, I don't know, but that's just my personal preference. I guess everybody's got to each their own. I don't mm -hmm. yuck nobody. I yuck. would like to to shout out Abby Glein, so because you know, I don't normally 
like taboo per se, depending on who writes it, obviously. I but did. I'll have you know that Abby Lines was the first person that wrote a stepbrother or step sibling romance mm-hmm. that I actually fell in love with. And this was like 12 years ago because her um, Rosemary Beach series starts out as step siblings. Um, granted, they don't know each other until she moves in there when her mom dies. So it's like, and they're adults, they're consenting adults. Yeah. But shout out to her because she's the OJ. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. Okay, speaking of step siblings, have you guys watched The Craft 2 Legacy? The Legacy? Okay. I have that. You have to go watch it. And this is not a spoiler, but you have to go watch it because basically her mom is getting remarried and the, the dude she's remarrying has three sons. And immediately, it's like you find out like in the first two minutes of the movie, and I was immediately like, oh shit, we got stepbrothers. And I'm like, <laughs> They come walking down the steps, and I see, like, two of them are, like, of height, you know? I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then, like, they come to the steps, and they stand, and they're like, oh, this is um, fucking Isaiah, uh, whatever the middle child's name is, and then the youngest one. And the two oldest ones, I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. It's I was like, the reverse damn. <laughs> huh? Wait for the reverse harem portion. I was like, oh. I was like, damn. So immediately I was like, I ship this so hard. I ship it hard. But I mean, like, I, but that's just me. I read like. Tell me you're a romance reader without telling me you're a romance reader. Immediately. Oh my God. And then we were watching it. We literally watched it last night because my friend came in and we do like a, every year we do like a Halloween movie, like all day. That's all we do is watch scary movies. And the boys that are husbands that were here, they were like, bro, we need a break. So we watched The Craft because it was like not scary. It's like it's like Halloween-y, but it's not scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were watching it and there was this part, right? Um, this is a spoiler, so like don't listen to this part. But there was this part where um, uh, the oldest brother, like there's this guy named Timmy, like that they put a, a spell on to kind of like be in touch with his inner inner like self or whatever. So he's not such a dickhead. And basically, uh, Timmy comes over because he's the middle son's best friend. And he comes over and he's like hanging out with the girls or whatever, like the witchy girls or whatever. And the oldest brother's playing video games. And Timmy comes into the living room and the oldest brother's like, I'm going out. As soon as Timmy comes in and I was like, oh shit, he's gay. And, and And my husband was like, what? Where the fuck do you get that from? And I was like, he's gay. I was like, he's gay. I was like, him and Timmy have like hooked up. Like, if not, they've they've kissed or hooked up. And he was like, no fucking way. I was like, listen to me. They do not just randomly have Timmy walk into the living room and then the oldest brother look all depressed, get up and go, I'm going outside. Like, what are you fucking smoking? I kid you not. Literally four minutes later, Timmy admits to like him and Isaiah like hooking up. And I was like... Y'all fucking doubt me. Stop doubting me. You said money. I literally write romance novels. I know what cues look like. Right? I know what it looks like when a tortured hero needs to leave the room because his girl walks in it. I know what it looks like. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, there's that. Anyways, all right, Stevie, you can take our last question. If you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Oh... Are we talking like my life now or like are we pretending that 
my work. I like to pretend. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because if I'm pretending, I want a billionaire. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know what book I want to be in. <laughs> I'd want to be the heroine in Bought from the Highest Bidder series. Um, I'm here for it. I, I, yeah, probably like uh, Friends to Lovers or something dangerous. Dark romance. Dangerous. <laughs> something exciting, you know? I'm, I'm fucking reverse harem, so I get it. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I, mean, I definitely want to be in a reverse harem. Definitely. Can I choose my reverse harem? Absolutely, I have. Okay. I then, if, you go to, if you go to our TikTok bookshelf boyfriends, I'll break it all down for everybody. I actually think I've watched it. I watched that one. I'm crazy like that. I, I mean, I've got mine all, I've got mine picked out for the most part. I mean, no matter what, anything, any, anything, my hero is my love and Tamilia, no matter what. Yes, Gilmore Girls. I, I have loved him for so many years. I literally have never watched Gilmore Girls. I'm sorry. Um, oh, man. Um, did you watch Heroes? No. Did you ever watch Heroes? She's too young for Heroes. Did you ever watch the Adam Sandler movie, That's My Boy? Yes. He played the brother of Leighton Meester's character. Oh, okay. 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 He also plays the father in... Um, this is Us. Yes, in This Is Us. Okay, I got it. I know who you're laying down. I know, who you're, I, I know who it is. I got it. He's the love of my life. Don't tell my husband. Oh. All right, so that is our last question for you, and we give a few minutes at the end of this for you to um, talk about yourself and if you have any upcoming releases and let our listeners know where to find you. So uh, the floor is yours, ma'am. Um, well, my newest release, Strangers, came out on October 29th. Um, it's my first dive into the dark world. <laughs> so, um, and then I am available. Oh, I also am part of an anthology. Um, it only has about one more month left on Amazon and all other retailers. It's called Resisting You. It's a small town second chance romance anthology benefiting Stop AAPI Hate. So it's a great cause. So that's available for one more month. December 15th is when it goes away. Um, and then I'm available on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Goodreads, and BookBub. <laughs> and her art team's open if you want to be on and my art. Yes, my art team is open. If you would like to be a part of that, you can contact Stevie or I have it pinned to the top of my group on face in my readers group. So you can do that too. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You were an absolute blast. And uh, we had such a good time talking to you. And uh, we hope to chat with you again soon. Thank you, guys. It was so much fun.